Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And man, I'm excited because I have a longtime friend, Sweet Lou with Primetime Mortgage Corp is going to be sharing his wealth of knowledge. He's been with uh, Primetime for 19 years, so he's been crushing it since then. But man, Lou, Sweet Lou, however you want to call him, Louis, you know, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. So give us a little bit of background. Obviously, I kind of gave you the quick intro, but tell me a little bit about who you are. What kind of got you into the industry uh, to begin with? And then we can kind of fast forward to what's going on today. Sure. So basically up until 2003, I was involved in the home improvement business with point of sales financing. And then my brother-in-law and I got together in 2003, started Primetime Mortgage, opened up in 2004, and the rest is history. Oh, so awesome, man. The uh, incentive to get away from the construction business was, you know, selling money and vinyl building products. Now I'm just selling money. But actually, no, I'm not wow. just selling money. I'm helping people realize the American dream. So it's more. It. I love it. And that's what's interesting about, you know, being a loan officer, like at a surface level, it does really seem like, okay, well, you know, we're selling money. But at the end of the day, like what we're really doing is helping build America. They're helping build wealth. I mean, I think they say the average homeowner is what, 40 times wealthier than a renter. And so like truly like what you're doing as a loan officer goes far beyond, you know, just the simple thing that, Hey, we get people in the homes, right? We're helping change people's, you know, the trajectory of their lives, the impact that they're making on future generations, even of like potentially pulling out people out of the hood and stuff like that. Right. So it goes beyond a lot. And I think if you can put it into that perspective and the way you approach you know, doing loans, it just makes it easier to kind of, you know, weather some of these storms. Like we're obviously we're in a little bit of a funky time here in uh, October of 2022. Um, so there's a lot going on. And I love that that's kind of what you brought up is, hey, you know, we're serving people. And I know you like to serve a lot of different people in the community. So tell me about kind of how that morphed over the years, probably starting as just like, hey, let's sell some money. And then now what it kind of means to, to you to be a loan so officer, right? Yeah, sure. So in 2004, we opened up and we were a refi shop. You know, 95% of our business was refinances. And mm -hmm. up through, you know, the bubble in 2007, it was about, you know, sending out direct mail and closing refis and not building relationships. Mm -hmm. And then we got crushed like everybody else with the housing bubble. And then, you know, in 2008, 9, 10, and beyond, it became about relationship building and also identifying, you know, a particular affinity group and you know, building that relationship mm -hmm. so that you have some kind of an identity that transcends beyond just, you know, writing mortgages. Sure. For you specifically, like what's kind of your bread and butter or who do you like to serve for the most part? So, uh, you know, our core group, my core group is New Jersey State Police, which is uh, approximately 3000 men and women. And they're presently turning out about 250 new recruits every year. They have two classes, you know, that come out twice a year. And it started out with one person 14 years ago and then just built into kind of its own living thing. And we've developed a really loyal following. And first and foremost, the following is about integrity, right? So sure. it was interesting. I got a text message from someone today asking me a question about some ridiculously low interest rate that they saw advertised. 
and I scratched the surface and it turns out that there are some banks, I'm sure they're all over the country, but you know, in our pocket here in the tri-state area in New Jersey that got slapped by the federal government for lending practices. Sure. So they have to give away some money, but there's fine print that you know they never put on the flyer, which is its specific zip codes. And it had to do with disparate practices amongst particular ethnic groups. So, sure. you know, what I learned along the way is, you know, you're better off to tell someone that you don't know an answer than to just make some shit up that what you think fits your dialogue, right? Because sure. this thing called the internet, even if it's misinformation, people Google everything. So like when someone okay. calls you up and asks you for terms on a loan, no matter how much they like you, they're going to shop you, Right. So you can't insult anybody's intelligence and what's propelled us, you know, 19 years and what's going to propel us, you know, forever is integrity and the idea of a relationship and not just a transaction. And it's interesting. I recently had a conversation with a first responder, you know, we're talking about people that are, you know, it's not about pulling cars over that are speeding. It's about, you know, somebody gets in a motor vehicle accident, their leg is cut off and, sure. uh, you know, a male or a female has to administer a tourniquet because they're first on scene to save somebody's life. Right. So, and needless to say, I'm pretty, you know, awestruck by these people and, you know, have the utmost respect. You know, if you go on my Facebook or Instagram, you know, Lewis Shornstein or Think Home Loans, you'll see that it's all about them, quite frankly, right? Everything else is sort of like an afterthought. And that's okay, by the way, too, because everybody has to have, you know, I think if you really want to be happy and successful, you need to identify whatever it is that you're about your core, right? It could be teachers, it could be athletes, it could be anything. But in any event, to have one of these people tell me like, hey, you know, no uncertain terms, don't sell yourself short because, you know, you help people, you know, with their house, you know, whether it's getting a home, keeping a home, saving a home, because on occasion, you know, when you're in business long enough and you have relationships with people, you know, they may come to you when they're dating, they buy their condo, you know, then they get married, they have a kid, they get a house. And then unfortunately, at some point, some of them get divorced. Now they need to sure. leverage their relationship or you have people pass away. People need reverse mortgages. There's a myriad of different things that go on. But it's cool when you have relationships and people regard you as a trusted resource and reach out to you. And, you know, for me personally, it's not about the quote unquote ever becoming wealthy. It's about just having some peace of mind and also enjoying what I do at the same time and doing good work, right? If the sun rises, people are going to buy homes. And unfortunately, not everyone in our industry comes from a place of selflessness. I mean, look, it's sure. a for profit industry or for profit business, rather. But you know, you can make a good living and also help people at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I love the way you kind of frame that because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, you got to figure out like what it is that you want out of life. And some people really are all about the money. And at the end of the day, like, you know, we are a business to make money, but you know, if we're doing it in a way that serves also, you know, your core values, you're going to have a lot better opportunities or you're going to have a lot better staying power, right? And I mean, being in the industry for 19 years and having good success and, you know, doing all that is great. But like, you know, you stay in an industry most of the time because like, yeah, I mean, being a loan officer is stressful, right? Like having the problems that you have on a daily basis is probably no, no, stressful. No hair, no hair. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. There's no hair, man. You know, it's probably... 90% the industry and maybe 10% genes, right? It's uh, <laughs> so it gives that staying power that you talked about. And I love that you talked about kind of finding that niche or finding that so many people are so, I guess, scared to niche down, right? To find a specific industry to serve. And they're like, well, maybe I'll lose out on everybody else, right? So touch on that a little bit of how like, I'm sure you don't only do police loans for yeah, police. Yeah, no, we don't. We have relationships with a lot of different realtors. So we serve people from every walk of life. It just so happens that we've become a magnet for veterans and first responders. And the first responders specifically because they're not a trusting group of people, 
So when they identify someone that's trustworthy, that's a really big deal for them because there's sure. enough stress involved with, you know, just purchasing a home, taking a mortgage. But then if you have to have your backup because you think somebody's going to be a scumbag, which unfortunately there are a lot of them in our industry, you know, mm-hmm. and I take particular pleasure when I get a phone call 14 days before someone's closing and they're getting hosed or shellacked and we're able to help them. Um, sure. And it's sad because the person that's, you know, doing that to the veteran or the first responder for starters, they're never going to see that or hear from that person again. So you right. can't put a price tag on the future intrinsic value of that relationship. And then beyond that, I have immediate family members that are in law enforcement. You have people that, you know, the most selfless people on the planet and, sure. and you're going to be a scumbag and take advantage of them. It's just not cool. Right. And it's interesting as time goes by and you start to get some confidence in what you do for starters, you know, like they say, fake it till you make it. There's certain things you can't fake. You can't fake integrity. Sure. And you also, you know, if you have some confidence, people recognize that, you know, there's this expression, scared money never wins. If people think you have commission breath. They don't walk, they run away from you. Right. Yeah. So look, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every single person that calls me, regardless of the group that they come from, that they're signing up with me. But sure. what I do take particular pride in is that people are going to come away from any interaction with me than more knowledge than they came with. And, you know, no matter what, I'm going to help them. Even if they're working with somebody else, they're going to get help. They're going to get good advice. On occasion, I get someone that comes to me that's getting shellacked and the original person, you know, they go back to that person and I'm like scratching my head, but you know what, at least I know that I helped them get what they were supposed to get as opposed to you know, being taken advantage of. I'm not going to name them because I just don't feel like blowing money on defending a lawsuit. But there's a particular <laughs> mortgage company that puts themselves out there as an affinity group for veterans and they're <laughs> scumbags, which you yep. might have to bleep this out. And, you know, if I've had 10 interactions with New Jersey state troopers working with them, I'm 10 for 10 with people getting taken advantage of. So it's not cool, you know, and what we do over here is just do our best to get in front of people and educate them. The thing that I'll say to anybody that watches your podcast is, you know, you have to find, first of all, whatever group you have some kind of attraction to. So if it's school teachers, mechanics, teamsters, it doesn't really make a difference what it is, but there has to be some kind of motivation for it, right? Like maybe you had somebody in your family that was a teamster. Maybe you had a parent that was a nurse or an educator. And then it starts out with relationships. It's not about, you know, putting out flyers and, you know, hoping that people are going to pick up a phone and call you. It's about belly to belly interaction. And then from that point forward, getting the continuous flow of people that are like, hey, you know, this is your go-to person because they take care of us, you know, and sure. to that end. So some things I do that are differentiators, I never thought I'd be at this spot, but I have like 4,990 friends on Facebook. So now I have to like regularly go through there and unfortunately ditch people that or not interacting with me and feeling me, which is okay. So, you know, I have a video that I send to every single person that has a birthday every single day on Facebook. I also send a video to every person that either sends me a friend request that I accept or that I send a friend request and they accept. Why? Because no one else is doing it. And in terms of the birthday interaction, so then what happens is you become top of mind. It's like, hey, wait a second, I don't even know this guy. And he took uh, 30 seconds out of his life to send me a video. Let me scroll through his page, see what he's all about. Another thing that happens as a result of that is, I mean, I don't know how much stuff you want me to give away on this call, but- Everything, uh, man. Whatever you're willing to share, you can give it away, man. I love it. So a book that I highly recommend to everybody that watches this, listens to this, you need to earn conversion code and don't get the audible book, get the actual hard copy book because it's an amazing reference tool 
that's going to put money in your checkbook over time. And so one yeah. of the most basic tenets out of this book is the 555 metric, right? So five friend requests every day, five comments on posts every day, not just likes, likes don't count. And then also for you to do five private messages every day. So when you start to have enough friends on Facebook and you're doing enough videos on Facebook, you easily fulfill the five private message component. And then I got to give props to Nick Carpenter because Nick's my mentor and I've learned and continue to learn from him. When you are continuously interacting with folks through Facebook Messenger, as opposed to like Verizon text message or T-Mobile, whatever you have, Facebook, you know, they're like big brother. They keep track of this activity. And now you're going to start coming up in that person's feed regularly. And again, it all speaks to the whole top of mind thing. So conversion code. And by the way, there's all kinds of other stuff in there. There's scripts in there for realtors to use on both the buyer side and the listing side when they're trying to get either one of those relationships going. The single biggest thing I'm going to put out there that's worked out for me is consistency. So I make a live video every single day, you know, seven days a week. I'm posting reels. I'm learning on Instagram. Instagram isn't easy. I'm old. Now I'm not that old, but I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And what I could say is that consistency is rewarded. So when you're out there consistently and people start to pick up on it. And then like for me personally, by accident, I figured out that people like cigars and bourbon. And it's less controversial than talking about hookers, right? So, <laughs> so we're talking about politics, right? Yeah. So men and women, by the way, both like bourbon and cigars. So now what happens is, you know, you start to talk about these things, even if it's once a week, and then all of a sudden you have eyes on your feed that you didn't have otherwise. And to me, like the coolest thing about Facebook is that, you know, you could post 10 different things and you're going to get 10 different reactions. You're going to get, you know, on occasion, you know, I'll put something up and I'm like, wow, this is cool. And not one person interacts with it. And then you put something else up that, you know, you figure nobody's going to be into and you have a hundred people interacting with it. So another thing is that, you know, for me personally is like, I make my core affinity group, the core piece of all of the social media stuff that I do Mm -hmm. because They've earned it, you know, and sure, get the sure. love back. So, you know, there may be some people that aren't crazy about that. And quite frankly, like I recently had somebody from my past reach out to me and told me that I need to be more neutral or they're not going to be able to work with me down the road. And I have to be true to myself. It's sure, interesting. I was in a restaurant today and they asked if I wanted a straw and I was like, well, not a woke straw. Well, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't want a paper straw. Oh no, we have plastic straws. And then somehow I might've spilled the beans that I'm a Republican and it went downhill from there, you know? <laughs> and so I still left a nice tip, but <laughs> you know, you're allowed to have an opinion as long as it's their opinion, whole nother conversation. So sure, you live sure. in California, I, so I'm preaching to the choir, right? Yeah, no, I know. I, I live in pretty much Democrat central. So uh, yeah, I totally get what you're talking about. And, and, and it is what it is. I think there's so many people that think that you can't talk about those things. And the truth is like, will you lose some followers? Sure. Like, will you be some people that won't agree with you? Sure. But at the same time, you're also going to create a stronger pool from the people that are aligned with your views, right? So whether you want to be super controversial, or you want to talk about things like cigars and bourbon, it is what it is. But like, those are things that are going to attract the type of people that you want to work with. At the end of the day, people do business with people that are similar to them, right? And so what you've basically done is like, hey, I want to be myself online. And people talk about authenticity all the time, right? Like, oh, be authentic, be authentic. But like, it's almost become cliche at this point. But the truth is, it's like exactly what you need to do when you're using social media, like be who you are, and you're going to attract the type of people that you want to work with. Like you said, fake it till you make it. Like, don't try to create some different persona for social media because guess what? As soon as you meet these people in person, they're going to be like, oh, this is a totally different person than who they are online. So like, why uh, would you to, ever do that? 
Right. To that end, by the way, you know, I'm typically in a t-shirt, but I'm going to an event tonight, uh, bourbon and cigar, no less. So I put on a dress shirt like a big boy. It's funny you say that, but you know, it's interesting too, just in terms of like appearances. So like I was actually on a call with Nick recently and he mentioned that, and especially like, let's say you're out at like you're on site at an event, like you go out to Las Vegas to some type of a conference and maybe, you know, you're networking with people there. And, you know, if you show up in jeans and a t-shirt and then all of a sudden you show up in a suit or a tuxedo, it's actually good because now people have two different frames of you and they become more memorable as opposed mm-hmm. to just, oh, like either if you're in one or the other, right? So right. it's so- funny because like you talked about like just like wearing a normal shirt. I actually got a random DM from someone because basically on my business page, I'm just wearing just a logo shirt, right? Just my branded t-shirts. And the guy was like, oh, I don't know, like... I don't know if I can do business with someone who's wearing a t-shirt. You know, I don't know if I can trust that. I'm like, cool, man. If you're worried about me wearing a freaking t-shirt and like, you can't trust me because I'm wearing a t-shirt like that to me, like blows my mind that you would ever judge someone because of that and not because of capacity. Like it is what it is, but I love it that you talked about that, man. So here's your catch-all rebuttal for people. The leads don't suck. Your follow-up sucks. Now, well, that's always been my, my thing. But I love that you talked about like finding these affinities because that's actually one of the things that we do in terms of even paid advertising is we like to target these affinities. And people always kind of question why. And it's like, well, because people want to know that they're different, that they're special, these things. And so people are like, oh, well, I do great work. So I should be compensated for my great work. I was like, Every loan officer should do great work. Every loan officer should be a good loan officer, right? Like that should just be a requisite of you doing your job, not your value add. And people talk about that all the time in terms of going after realtors, but even consumers. Like, why should I have to give a credit? Why should I have to do this? Why should I have to do that? It's like, why? Because that makes you different, right? If you're like everybody else, how do you stand out? How do you market yourself if you're like everybody else? Like, cool, you're a great person. Awesome. No one cares about that because guess what? All they care about is what's in it for me. At the end of the day, what is in it for me? Like that's all that the consumer cares about. Think about it, that's all you care about. Like really, at the end of the day, like we're all semi-narcissistic, um, right? Like you know, when you think about it, people get so caught up with like, well, this person thinks this about me, and the truth is, like, as soon as they walk out the door, they're probably not thinking about you. They think about themselves and something Correct. else that happened in their life, right? Correct. So it's just funny. That's a big thing. Yeah, you know, and. So it's interesting. We do uh, a lot of business with United Wholesale Mortgage. And I got an email, one of the special 530 in the morning emails from Matt himself to come out there. So I went, by the way, and it was on nice. September 13th and 14th that I was out there. I actually, it was on a 14th. It was on a Wednesday. And then they okay. had a VIP dinner after the fact. You got to speak to Matt one-on-one. Not uh-huh. the first time I met him, by the way. And you know, people will piss on UWM for different reasons. But I'm going to tell you that that particular company over here, Primetime Mortgage, we're extremely loyal to them because they look out for the underdog and they try day in and day out to encourage you to be better at what you're at. And it's funny, recently, I started paying attention. They have these Wednesday sales calls, the sales Uh huddles. And I'm like, oh, I'm too busy to watch it. And all of a sudden I start watching them. I started learning things. So the number one thing that I have taken away recently is what is our client's experience, right? So it's interesting, you know, when you talk about that, like what's going on, like from the time you take the initial telephone call till you get to the closing table, how is the client being treated? And I don't care what you do for a living, you know, it's anything. And so it's one of my mentors and coaches talked about this concept of like, when you walk into businesses, and this is in general, right? When you walk into businesses, just start to be aware of how you feel and how they treat you and what they do and start to say, okay, like, 
what are the businesses that I enjoy going to because of the way they treat me? And what are the businesses that are like, man, I will never do business with them again. So you think about that, like, and, and what do people think about you and your own business? A great book, we already talked about Conversion Code, another great book that talks about the same concept is never lose a customer again. I know there's the older book that's called Raving Fans, which is another good one, but never lose a customer again is a sort of more, I would call it a more updated version of that. And the concept goes that like, because of the evolution of customer service over the years, right? Like back in the seventies and eighties or whatever, like people were pumped when they received the package and it wasn't broken, right? Whereas like now we have Amazon, that's two day shipping. And if you don't get it in two days, you're like, what the heck is going on? Like, oh man, it took me four days instead of two days, right? And so that is the evolution of what customer service is. So people are expecting at a much higher level of touch, right? And the other thing to note too, from a mortgage transaction perspective, I've been involved in the mortgage industry now for, I don't know, eight, 10 years almost in some capacity. I worked for a lender for four and a half years. And now I've, you know, we've served lenders for the last five years. Right. And one of the things that I'll say is last year I did a refi cash out refi also lowered the rate. And I was literally having to ask all of the time, like, give me an update, give me an update. I know what was going on back then. Everybody was super busy. I'm like, all I need is you to say, there's no update this week. Like, just give me some sort of thing. And I'm like, I said, I don't know if like you're treating me this way because you know me and maybe you don't normally communicate with your clients this way. But I was just like, if I feel this way and I actually understand this industry, think about how someone who doesn't understand this industry feels when they do a transaction with a mortgage and why they're so resistant to talking to loan officers. Like that to me right. is huge because like, how do you create an unforgettable client experience? Part of that comes down to just communicating more than you think you need to communicate, even if there is no updates. So anyway, like, go ahead and kind of like touch on that, man. I think that's a massive piece that, especially smaller, you know, people don't think about, but as you kind of grow and scale, like you really need to understand how to systemize and create processes that allow you to do those things. I mean, I think Gary Vee says it the best, but you sometimes have to do things that don't scale. Right. Right. So like, talk about that. Like, what have you done to kind of think about implementing that? Or like, have you done anything to change just, your process? Yeah. Just getting team members to buy into it and reach out to the, you know, realtor partners on both sides of the transaction and reach out to the client and just let them know what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's huge because again, I mean, it comes down to, I mean, the people talk about that, just like literally having a weekly update, like you could even automate some of this with a CRM. Hey, every Thursday you give an update, you call or you text something, you call or text every Thursday, every Wednesday, you give an update to everybody that's uh, shopping every Tuesday, you give an update to whatever you call someone in your, and that's, I think that's like the core, one of those that has some sort of like a structure like that, but really it's like that because it works. And you can automate some of that with CRMs and not automate to the point that you don't actually do it, but automate the reminders so that you're not having to remember every single week what you need to do. It like literally gives you that structure. And I do think that it goes a long way. And again, I mean, I'm coming from the standpoint of like, I'm not a loan officer. And I read that LE when I first got, and I've been part of the industry. And I'm like, I have no idea what this LE even means. Right. Like how many times are loan officers just shooting over a loan estimate? and not creating a loom video or a bomb bomb, or at least walking them through over the phone on what exactly it is that these things are saying on that page. And I'm someone who's been attached to the industry for almost 10 years now, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's huge to think about it from the consumer's perspective. Absolutely. You know, and we've touched on a lot of things in regards to like things that you do differently. I love the idea of, we touched on sending those messages. And I think that's a great way. You talked a little bit about one, obviously it's sort of the top of mind, but I think you hit it right on the head of like, you're dealing with two things, right? You're dealing with like the law of reciprocity, right? Which is essentially, you know, you do something for someone else, right? Liking, commenting, doing those types of things. And they're going to be like, okay, well, let me do the same to them. But the other thing you're doing is you're telling the algorithm that, hey, we actually communicate. And by 
sending a message that shows that you're even closer than if you just comment. All right. So it's brilliant for anybody who's listening to this. That's a very simple way to grow your presence and to grow sort of your influence without having to go to a million networking events. Like what I love about social media is it allows you to network at scale, right? You get to have so many more opportunities than you wouldn't have if you were just, you know, having to go to a BNI meeting or go to this local event. I'm sure like you've been able to grow even your presence within the police community by just having you know, social media that you talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So let's shift a little bit in terms of, I like to give some tactical things. I know we've already given a lot of tactical things, but let's touch on like, what would you go and do today if you were to go get, get more business? Like if you want to go start over? Yeah. You know, if you're going to be in the mortgage industry, you need realtor relationships. So we have a closed sure. Facebook group. We do nice. training twice a month on Zoom. And we help people in a myriad of different ways that are in the realtor space um, to keep their business moving forward. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's funny because I was just talking to one of our loan officers that's in our done with you program. We were kind of teaching them how to do ads. And he was like, well, you know, I'm having these conversations. And he's someone that came out of a call center. So he's just kind of learning how to have conversations with real estate agents. And he was like, yeah, well, I just kind of go to them. I'm like, that's because you're treating real estate agents like as if they're like above you. Like you need to stop being scared of having that conversation because- you have so much value to give. I said, you come out of a call center, you know how to work internet leads. You know how to have conversations with internet leads. Now you're actually learning how to generate your own leads. Like those are two things that most people in this space know nothing about. You know how much value you can bring to real estate agents by just talking about those things? And that's not even counting Absolutely. other things that you can probably do, but like, you got to think about it. Like what is your unique value proposition? And I know you've probably crafted and worked on your unique value proposition, but like, what would you say? Like if you're talking to a new real estate agent, what's like, your value. What do you do for people? The single biggest agency. thing is helping them generate leads, quite frankly. Sure. Right. And specifically like helping them create an identity for themselves with Facebook. You know, mm -hmm. they're all terrified of how they look and sound. <laughs> and, you know, I was on a call with uh, Grant Price. Is that his name? Grant Wise, um, Grant Wise rather. Sorry, Grant. <laughs> so I'm um, on this call and, you know, there's an agent. She's like, I don't look the way I look and I don't like the way I sound. And he's like, well, I got advice for you. He's like, either get on a team or get out. Yeah. You know, because you have to pivot. You're not pivoting with the industry and it's all about video. So sure. a couple of things that I do personally. So when I get the first phone call from someone, I'm sending them a JPEG on my business card. I'm sending them the contact card from the iPhone to save in their phone. I'm sending them a video. So now all of a sudden they have my face to put with the name of the voice. So now I'm a real person as opposed to just, you know, somebody that's maybe in a call center. I have a book on Amazon that I'm drop shipping to them called Think Home Loans, high level overview of the home buying process. And then there's another book, uh, Hustle Never Sleeps, which is realtor facing. Think Home Loans is uh, consumer facing. Sure. Uh, but then as far as the realtors are concerned, you know, I hate to break the news, but most of them are needy, you know? And so it's interesting, like the reality hasn't set in yet of what's going on in the market. I was uh, watching somebody's video this morning on Facebook, watching my trusty canine companion, Fred, and she's bragging about selling a house 50,000 over list. Like for starters, I'm personally off put. I don't want to hear about people selling houses over list. I'm not impressed with that anymore because sure. from where we're sitting, we're getting phone calls once a week from our borrower buyer that the seller killed the deal because they have cold feet. So sure. already when you're putting that out there, you're telling me that you're tone deaf. You're not listening to what's going on in the media. Interest rates at 7%, gas at $7 a gallon in California, right? How much is it out there? Pretty close, six, six something, okay. six, almost, okay. almost seven. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if your universal selling proposition is you're going to get them over asking price for their house, when you know we're getting barrage day in, day out from housing wire and other industry you know, wires telling us that, you know, 
these negative headlines, which by the way, personally, I don't like because it breeds sure. negativity. We were on a call yesterday with Barry Habib, who had the exact opposite to say, quite frankly, about where he sees the business going and had the data to back it up that were, you know, actually it's going to be better next year, right? So the point is sure. that you're making a video. How about instead of telling somebody how much you got over asking price, how about talk about, well, you know, what I did to take the anxiety out of the process so they were able to sleep at night while they were in the middle of selling their house. So they didn't have their shit in boxes and then find out that their closings delayed for three weeks because somebody dropped the ball with the lender. You know, sure. talk about those things. I don't know. That's me from the perspective, from the lens that I'm looking through and, you know, giving consistent reassurance to realtor partners. I love on people that I don't have any relationship with at all because I want new relationships, right? Sure. So I'll start watching somebody's stuff that they do on Instagram and I don't just, you know, like it, I comment. Sometimes people react to the comments, sometimes they don't. But it's interesting to watch people that are consistently putting out value. There's some whales in my market, you know, people driving the Lamborghini SUVs that you know, they're in a particular spot and, you know, God bless them. They're doing their own thing. But a lot of them also have a team of 12 people. Everybody on the team has to write under their name. So you really don't know sure. just how much of it is theirs as opposed to other people on the team. And it's also interesting because those people on the team, you know, some of them, they're kind of like love starved, right? Like, you know, I like to be on a team where everybody produces as opposed to like one rock star. Mm -hmm. And the idea that, encourage people. Well, you know, I remember I made my first video, you know, the beginning of 2019, I couldn't stand the way I looked or sounded. I recorded them 55 times and then posted it. Now, zero fucks given. I just make it live raw. If I stammer, I stammer. I might be drunk. I tell people I'm drunk, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and people like it, quite frankly. Yeah, it's yeah, authentic, you know? Yeah. So it's funny. I saw a guy on Instagram yesterday. I was like, wow, this stuff is so slick. I like it. And I wouldn't mind making some things that are slick, but then I'm like, well, you know, maybe if I started doing that, then I'm going to lose some people because that's not me. I'm not the slick guy. You know, I have a realtor partner I do some things with that, you know, my man goes to listing appointments in his gym clothes and gets out of his 911, you know, convertible and people are down with it. God bless him. But that's who he is, though. Like he's, he yeah. really doesn't care. So it works for him as opposed to if you're just trying to play a role, though, and impress people, then they're probably not going to feel that you know? So yeah, I love it. I think there's a lot to be said about, I mean, again, we're kind of going back to this concept of being authentic, but at the end of the day, that's like what truly is going to attract the people that are your people, right? And those are going to be the people that just quite frankly, you're going to want to work so, with as well. And to that end, by the way, so unfortunately, relationships are like milk and have expiration dates. So, you know, who your people are today might not be your people, you know, a year from now, and you need to prepare for that, quite frankly. Don't put all your eggs in one basket and don't change who you are for anybody. You know, do your thing. Be true to yourself, like you said, Luke, because as a, you know, professional mortgage loan originators, licensed mortgage loan originators bring a lot to the table. And sure. if you're working with people who don't perceive the value, then maybe you need to find other people to work with. Yeah. Or figure out a better way to present the value that you do have. Correct. And, forget, and maybe sometimes you have to value the value you have and present that as well, right? And I think there's both sides, you're right. And one of the reasons why I even started this was again, to flip the status quo on real estate agents, because for a brief period of time, I work with real estate agents and even guys that are closing six sides a year, like they thought they were the coolest thing. They thought they were the best thing since sliced bread. And you're like, dude, you're closing six transactions a year. Like, sure, you're making good money. You live in San Diego, like six transactions is probably six figures, right? But that doesn't mean you know anything about anything. And they treat their loan officers like vendors. 
And to me, I'm like, that should be a partnership, right? It should be a genuine partnership where you each are helping each other grow your businesses. I agree. And there's a lot of good real estate agents out there that are going to do that with you, right? But you have to also, you know, be clear on what your value is. I mean, again, Sweet Lou, you know, he's also branded himself as Sweet Lou, right? But, you know, you provide leads, you have value. I know you do trainings, things like that, that you are able to provide in a way that's like, hey, here's a tangible piece of value. And then, of course, he picks up this phone on the weekends. He works late. He answers his phones. He's got good rates. He's got good term times. Like everybody else tries to say is their value, right? Of course, you have all those things because that's what you should have as a loan officer that's competent, right? And so all those other things are gravy. So thank you so much, Sweet Lou, for your time today. Anything else you want to leave our audience with today? Any sort of last parting words of wisdom? This is the greatest country on planet Earth. Just don't take for granted the opportunity we have here. You know, I'm a patriot. My dad's uh, resting in Arlington extremely uh, dedicated to my patriotism, quite frankly. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're in an amazing industry, right? And so to give Matt Ishby a props, you know, this is a point in time where you can really take the lead, work really hard. This isn't a time to get scared and cower, right? Or, you know, if that's your prerogative, then quite frankly, move on and do something else. You know, sure. this is the time when you can interrupt the process that's going on out there, be a differentiator and earn business. And, you know, one of the things I would say is as far as relationships, and it's hard, is keeping in touch with people as opposed to just calling them when you're looking for an application. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know, your consumers you deal with, then you're going to have your business relationships like realtors. And you don't want people to think of you as somebody that's just like oh, only calling me when they want something. I have those people in my own life, by the way. And when the phone rings, you look at it and you're like, oh, man, except that I'm the person that realtors call me. Even if I'm on the phone with somebody else, quick text message, hey, Joan, I'll call you right back. But if, God forbid we don't answer the phone, right? So just stay in front of people and be legitimate friends with them. That's all. That's my piece of advice, you know? I love it. Yeah, that's what I call a gimme LO or even a gimme person. But it's like only reaching out when you want something. And so, yeah, I do think it's important to have conversations and be in front of people, even if it doesn't mean you're always asking for business. I think that's what absolutely are awkward about. So don't awesome, ask for sex awesome. and don't ask for applications. I mean, you should ask every once in a while, but um, maybe not every time. Okay. (laughs) Awesome, man. So thank you so much for your time. If someone wanted to kind of connect with you, learn a little bit more about you, your company, anything like that, uh, where can people find you, connect? So Think Home Loans on Instagram, Lewis Shornstein on Facebook. My cell is 973-699-1983. You know, if you want me to tell you how great Luke is, you know, to reinforce everything he tells you, just reach out to me and I'm happy to back it up. Oh, I love that. Thank you, sweet Lou. Love you, man. Your time today, man. You too, brother. It's been awesome. So uh, for the people who are listening, I think the couple big things that I pulled out of this was one, I mean, be authentic, be you and show that on social media, really just kind of, you know, again, be authentically you and don't feel that you have to hide pieces of you because guess what? Like, yes, you're probably going to push people away, but maybe those aren't the kind of people you wanted to work with in the first place. Right. And you're going to attract raving fans at the end of the day. You're going to attract people that are more, drawn to you because you're standing for what you believe in the other thing again and we talk about this all the time is bring actual tangible value to your realtor partners right not the traditional things not hey you pick up your phone in the middle of the night you know things like that right every other loan officer out there is saying the same things right we have good turn times rates i pick up the phone on the weekends like i don't know any loan officer that doesn't do that like maybe a bank lo maybe like they probably pick it up on the weekends to be honest too so Figure out ways that you can bring some sort of value and do that on a regular basis, stay in contact with people. So that's kind of my biggest takeaways from today. Obviously, 
We had a ton of other things we talked about today, but if you're listening and you're interested on learning how to flip the status quo on your real estate agent partners and you want some more information, go to flipthestatusquo.com. You'll learn more about what we're doing to help loan officers flip the status quo every single day. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Take care. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.